Welcome to Tales of the East End, episode 195. I'm your host, Atticus Brixley Braxley. You may remember me from such YouTube films as The Rise and Fall of Tales from the East Stand and the short-lived 1993 television series Murder at the River Pottle. I regret to inform you that today's podcast has been cancelled. Well, not quite, you see. Unfortunately, the two chaps, Parsons and the Prof, have run out of footballers to interview. The whale has indeed run dry. In fact, they were genuinely thinking of packing it in. After five long years, there's just no one left to chat to, to question, quiz, or query. But fear not, loyal listeners. I have persuaded them to try something a little different. How about you take the week off, chaps? I suggested. Take a well-earned sabbatical, forget the old footy, and let's talk business. I told them of a chance meeting I recently had at Dublin Airport with one of my compatriots. As we stood next to each other, in the queue for what seemed to be an eternity, but in fact was three and a half hours, I began to learn a little bit about him. A red-haired fellow, impeccably dressed, and Birmingham-born. Naturally, he'd moved to Cove, County Cork, to work in the coffee trade. Suddenly, we spotted a member of staff. My new English chum was being accosted. There's only one Johnny Francis. He takes all of his chances. He is the main man. He's from Birmingham. Walking in a Shawnee Wonderland. I did try to report this loutish, bizarre behaviour, but quickly discovered that he was the only person working in the terminal. But back to my clever coffee creator. I could see a star in the making. It was clear as a warm summer day on Lake Windermere. Who are you exactly? he asked. I told him. You may remember me from such educational films as Harold's Cross, Failed to Beat the First Man, and The Erotic Adventures of Sir Frederick Shaw. He nodded. I said to the Irish Brummy, gently grabbing the sleeve of his silk suit jacket, You see, I share people's stories for a living, so let's share yours with the world. I said, Come with me to a lair in Kimage, where you'll be locked in a room with a strange man a thousand books, and only a black cat for company. He said, certainly. That doesn't sound creepy whatsoever at all. So we're here with Sean Francis, and uh, a fan favourite who spent seven years with the Hoops, and uh, former striker, so you're very welcome to the lair, as we call it. Thanks very much, Jensen. It is a lair. <laughs> a lair of books and knowledge. He was admiring my books there early on. He also uh, pointed out that you're missing one prof, the first person ever, I think. Well, in my defence, it's only out recently. It's a new Cobb Rambler's book. No excuses, no excuses. Well, you're saying you're in it, but your your photograph is missing, is it? Yeah, I was raging. So uh, <laughs> I was sent a text to, to buy it, to, uh, tell me that it was out. And it, um, this lad on our Aaron Mansworth um, <clears throat> hotelier, he basically says, Sean, you get a few good mentions. So I bought it uh, half thinking I was going to have my pit photo in there. And uh, I thought I was a legend of Cove. I mean, talk, <laughs> a bit, talk about me being a fan's favourite with Rovers. Uh, I don't know how I made that, but I certainly was a Cove. And um, I didn't even get a photo. Not even you a went black, straight not into not the middle. Not even a black you? image. Straight, straight into, into the, the middle. <laughs> you know, you know when, how you jump to the photos and see <laughs> yeah. a quick, quick, easy read there? Not even a fucking black and white one. But uh, it was a good read though, all the same. You were actually the first Tifties uh, interview that fell by the wayside because of, of COVID. You were supposed to come in to us literally the first week everything happened. 
we were trying to arrange this. So this is a long you're time You're only ago. saying that now because yeah. you're fucking 200 episodes in or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm down the pecking order. <laughs> Be honest. Uh, no, I remember that well. And it was quite strange, wasn't it? It was strange. I remember talking to you, like, how do we do it? Social, how do we interview with social distancing? It was all so new. We didn't know what we were talking about at that point. Yeah, and I, I remember having a conversation with you in terms of, you know, worried about catching the disease at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. And, um, look, if we know now what we knew then, if we knew then what we know now, yeah. we, we yeah. would have just worked away, wouldn't we? And at best wore a mask. But... Uh, Look, what do I say? You are the dapperest guest we've had ever, I'd imagine. I so. He's like a hitman in here. Yeah, I'll put my uh, slick suit on, especially for you two. <laughs> um, coming into the lair. And, uh, no, it just so happens I had, a, I had a meeting today, so I thought I'd, I'd put it on. But look, you know what? When you're in the sales game, which I am really, you know, you dress smart. Yeah, yeah. So the cosmetic I'm, images. I'm, I'm dressing smart for you guys as well, <laughs> even though they can't see me on the radio on, on the podcast. Well, remind um, me to get a photograph later. It's, it's the listeners need to see this. Well, I do have a hole in my trousers, but I'm looking <laughs> a little hole there. A, a top half out of them. So uh, you began as a trainee with Birmingham City in 1988, the year of my birth, Prof. Not making you feel old here, Sean. 16 years. So take us back and um, tell us. You had a bit of a one of your friends now was one of your trainees growing up with you as well, Mark Waterford. So tell us a bit about your time at Birmingham. Yeah, you know what? They were, they, they were the best days of my life um, in terms of enjoyment and you know just living life mm. to to the max. Um, so I spent four years there: two years YTS, two years pro. And uh, the funniest things about it was, you know, I was on twenty eight quid a week, twenty eight fifty. Twenty eight pounds yeah, 28 a week. 50. <laughs> We, on top of the world, right? yeah, on top of the world, and we used to subsidise our wages by being stewards at the matches. So we actually, like you talked about, you mentioned the Zulus earlier on. So we used to be stewards at the side of the matches. Yeah, you know, we used to manage the gates. So that we used to get paid four quid for that. No, it was eight quid actually. And uh, it's a so quarter of your be, weekly wage. That would wage, be a like... massive boost yeah. onto the onto the drink money at the weekends, you know, <laughs> uh, which was vital. So yeah, that were great days. Two year YTS, two year pro. Um, you mentioned Mark Rutherford there. Uh, we played together for a team called Balford Rovers. Um, Would they be a notorious team for producing good players? Like you, you know, what we I mean? were notorious. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about that. We were notorious. Um, I could tell you some great stories about the the, the trips we had away with them. Um, so we we ended up actually uh, quite a few of us ended up doing quite well in terms of of, of professional football. Um, so we only had one age group at that, at that time. So myself and Mark Rutherford. Do you remember Paul Hall? He was. Oh, um, no, it doesn't ring a bell. He done quite well. Um, he played for Exeter. Played for Torquay. Went on to. I can't, I, I, he didn't play in the League of Ireland. Um, Andrew Penny, Chris Curran, um, Lindsay Taylor. So they, they were all sort of like professional. Not 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 the high echelons of, of soccer, though. but yeah, no, they, they were good footballers. And in actual fact. Um, it was a hotbed team um, that we played for. We won the leagues. And, you know, it was one of these sort of like uh, inner city suburb teams. You know, very few of us had dads, mm. really. You know, it was one of those, it was made up of... of band main, of Brothers type thing. It was Band of Brothers, you know. We, it, was, it was full of blacks. Blacks and Irish was, 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 the, <laughs> yeah. was the makeup of the team. And um, we used to get into a lot of trouble. Um, but Brotherford and myself... We went. We 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 both got um, signed up by Birmingham City for for a two year pro. 
two-year YTS, two-year pro, and then Rudzy, I call him Mark Rub- Rubberfoot actually, um, <laughs> because he, he was just he was just able to whip the ball in from angles like you've never seen before, and um, you know I look back at Mark and I think. He didn't waste his career because he's had a great life since he came to Ireland. But mm. man, he was—he definitely fell through the, the ranks. Yeah. He, he should have went back to England. I mean, I remember he signed for Charles. He was actually in the England setup. Um, I th- was he under eighteens yeah. or under nineteens or something? Setup, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he has a cap or two on the age level for England. I think he did. I think I think he did get one one or two caps. Yeah, I'm not too sure of. Um, I can't remember the age group, but um, but he, I, I remember he did have to have an operation. So maybe that kind of like impacted his decision and stuff. He had a, an operation on his heel, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I still see Mark now nowadays. He's, he's doing all right. So you turned pro, nineteen ninety, major football league debut, mm. ninety one, sub three 0 defeat to Cambridge, tour division. Can you still remember? I can remember it well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, really well. Um, but the gas thing about uh, about back then is, if you remember, you probably don't remember this. You two guys are too young. You know, born in ninety eight. 88 so there was only two subs back then this is something we spoke about before with uh, League of Ireland Legends before it didn't wasn't there no subs at one stage in the League of Ireland well I'm not that old so, well, <laughs> the first that was brought in the mid 60s and then in England the second sub didn't come in until 87 yeah so two subs so there was two subs was there stigma surrounding substitutions then or was it like a weakness or because it was a tough league back then, like football was tough back then, I'd imagine. No, but you know what? I seen. I I was watching. Was it a World Cup match or a Champions League match? I, I actually tweeted it online and I said, "These guys have got fucking fourteen subs. That's how many we we, we had in the whole squad back in the, back in <laughs> yeah. back in my day. That's all to be so, on the bench, just the fourteen. Yeah. Now you've got like the the eighteen, nineteen, and all the coaches. Yeah. So the way I look at it now is, if I was playing nowadays, I'd be Champions League material <laughs> on the bench, or be you know. Um, but yeah, so there was two on the bench. So there were, the, and there was a fourteenth man, and I was fourteenth man loads of times, and you, you never got diddly squat. Mm. But um, yeah, I remember that. I remember being. Um, we got relegated from the uh, second division, I think it was at the time, and. We, we we got we had these bonuses right. The team had the bonuses, and if you if you won a game, you got 100, 180 quid, no matter where you were in the league. Fifty fifty pound appearance money, and fifty pound if you got a goal. I didn't get a goal, but we won two games on the trot and and, and, and drew. And um, it was big money back then. Man, that was big money. I was on at that time. I was on eighty quid first year pro contract. So double week wages pound. just to win a game. Exactly, I was minted that week. Won the game, <laughs> got fifty pound appearance and uh, one hundred and eighty quid win bonus. Um, so that was the, yeah, that was magnificent. But I've got say a the local saw a few of that, did it? Say that again. I say the local got a few of those pounds. A few of that sterling. Yeah, the, the local say, pub. Yeah, absolutely did. Uh, Vincent Street pub. <laughs> Vincent would Street. Have, uh, my mates would have uh, used me in them days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You went along to Cove Ramblers. This was the first of three different spells you had in County Cork. Mm. So initially, why Cove? That's a really simple, but I can understand what the question. So basically, when I was at Birmingham City, we came on loan. So if you, if you remember, uh, Roy Keane moved to Forest. So then all of a sudden, Ireland became a hotbed, really, of, of you know where the next players are going yeah. to come from. You were the year after Keane, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what happened was, everyone... Look, Teams started to play pre-season matches in Ireland. So Birmingham City, we done a pre-season tour in Ireland. 
Oh, I think okay. we played Dundalk Shells and, and we we played down in Cove. I was actually injured at the time. I was having a, 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 my first operation, hernia operation, and uh, so I think we just generated we we generated a, a relationship. Mm. The manager at the time, Terry Cooper, manager of Birmingham City, and George Malrick at Rover, uh, Ramblers, and uh, I think he just phoned he phoned up out the blue. And he said, listen, I need a Just striker. Just a cold call, like Yeah, random. he cold called uh, Terry Cooper and said, listen, I need a striker um, to, to give us a dig out. I was coming back from injury. Terry Cooper just said, do you want your fancy going online over there, get some fitness in? And I said, yeah, why not? So I came over. Um, I think I got, that was a pretty successful long spell. I think I got something like five goals in nine games. Something along those lines anyway. And um, that was the first spell. When you first got the call, were you thinking... Fuck. Are you impressed? Yeah, that's it. Were you thinking, what the fuck have I got myself in for here? I was thinking, fuck me. But <laughs> the second time the second time I signed for them, I because I knew what I was coming to, yeah. and then I thought, oh, fuck me, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. I, re- I really did. Uh, I did think that. But um, it was it, it was funny. You might, you guys might not remember this. Well, I know, I know you will, Carl, because you probably read the book. But... Um, <laughs> Sam Allardyce was manager of Limerick. Do you remember that? Yeah. Really we, we, we wouldn't have been watching the league then, but we definitely knew. That's where he cut his teeth, wasn't it? Yeah, he was player manager. And uh, I actually roasted him. <laughs> <laughs> I roasted him, scored a cracking goal uh, against Limerick that day. That's something on your and, CV you now, roasting Sam Allardyce. And, and do you know something else? I, I've just recorded something because I, I was hoping this was going to happen. You know, remember stuff as yeah. we start talking on that. Um, I remember we played against Longford. And I'd scored four goals in four games, one in each game. And the, 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 the first 30 seconds in, I can't remember who it was. Longford centre half just came up to me. He goes, you British bastard, whack. Punched me in my stomach. He said, you ain't fucking scoring today. <laughs> Did score? So put one in the top corner. <laughs> Last minute equaliser. Last minute equaliser. Um, it, it was a great finish to the, to, the, to the loan spell. I think it was at the time. Um, so you went back with, um, with a high profile. You could say it worked well, out well. I got I got my I got my fitness back anyway, and I was sharp. I was really sharp, honestly. Now I from playing those games, and it was first division, but he was playing against men. Uh, you know, at the time I think I was nineteen, eighteen or nineteen. Um, so I was really fit coming back to Birmingham City, um, and I was on the brink of the first team for for the last few months of the season, mm. knocking on the door, um, travelled everywhere with them as fourteenth man. Um, we had a decent enough squad there we got promoted that year at the end of the year um, but you know I think football's about ifs and buts and the manager liking you and yeah. you got to have luck there's loads of different reasons blah 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 um, and as it just turns out you know I wasn't required for the, for, the, for the following season after they got promoted do you think that a lot more young players should go out on loan because this is an issue that came up recently is that there seems to be a lot of players in the likes of England with on a good wage and they're happy to just kind of flow through their way to the under-23s. Would you recommend that these young guys just go out and play men's football if, if it's down League 1, League 2 in Ireland? They absolutely should, but, yeah. but whether they should come to Ireland, I don't know, to be quite honest with you. Um, but they should definitely play yeah. at a lower standard against against men. Um, in terms of the, the, the Irish players going from here to England, that's a different kettle of fish. You yeah. know? I absolutely believe that the pathway should definitely be, they shouldn't leave here till they're 20, 21, 22. Yeah, I totally because agree with you. the kids going over there, they're just a number, 15, 16. Everybody knows the stats. They come bouncing back. 
high percentage of them don't even end up playing. I think Mark Kenny actually did a Mark study Kenny, on it, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did a he did a study on it. I think it was over ninety percent. That's who I got the the, the figures. Is that what was? Years back, Mark it might Kenny. be skewed to look make himself look a little bit better. But absolutely, <laughs> uh, but he's he's right in you know in in essence. If you look at all the players that have done well going to England, it's 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 at a later stage in their yeah. in their career. Like Get your longing. education, go forward, play with men over here, and then. Ultimately, don't have to go on a trial, which is something that shouldn't happen either. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 so tough. But going back to your original question, I don't think the English lads come over here on loan. To be quite honest with you, um, I think they should stay in England. You know, um, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but just play against men. They should definitely drop down a, st- a, a league or two. I'd but agree you with you as well because then you'd have the likes of maybe underage 19s guys who aren't going to get a game now because of that as well but that's over it. here it's a knock on effect it. isn't it yeah absolutely um, but you know I came over here didn't I yeah. you know so I, 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 I can't uh, I can't knock it but it worked it, we could say it worked for me but we could say it didn't work for me because I don't I, I, my career in England kind of like went downhill if you like mm. so um but it's very hard to, to, to have a career in soccer. Uh, it's really hard. Yeah, we'll talk about your career now with the year in non-league football with Telford, Worcester City and eventually moving to Northampton Town where you played one game but you're working on the building site while playing for Telford. You've been really Wikipedia, well. haven't you? <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. We have more than that. Just Wiki is our base for now. <laughs> um, I had a little look at it myself. I was that. Do you know what? I had a 100% scoring record there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Worcester, Worcester yeah. I'm Worcester, I'm saying, is it? Worcester, 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 yeah. 100% goal scoring record uh, ratio, only play one game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Telford United was a bit of a shock to the system because that was, um, it was Vauxhall Conference, which was good standard, to be fair. But it was, um, like I said, I was working on a building site the same. I was minted. Compared to where I was was money wise at yeah, Birmingham, yeah. and I actually think that was part of my problem, because I did go I did go to Northampton Town after because I was chasing the dream of becoming a professional again. But Telford United was semi professional. I was working full time. I was bollocks going yeah. to training. Many three nights a week training. Three, <laughs> three nights, nights a week. training, then a match on a Saturday. Nine um, ten hour working days. Yeah. You know, I didn't work that hard on the building. So, <laughs> yeah, on the fair, builders, I'll like, tell you something I mean, different, though. I was I was fitting air conditioning actually, um, but um, so yeah, no, I didn't give up the I didn't give up the dream of of uh, becoming professional again because that's what I, I, I wanted. But how much, how badly did I actually want it? You, you know, you could you could you could ask the question. Um, but my mate Marcus Bignot, who, who joined um, Telford United from Birmingham City with me, he actually went on to. He moved back into the league from Telford United, so it was a good pathway, if if it worked well for you. Yeah. He went to QPR. He ended up managing um, Grimsby. He's still in the game now. He's still in the game now. Yeah. So um, he's not playing, obviously, but he's he's coaching. Managing. Northampton as well, month to month deal. Yeah, month to month deal at Northampton Town. How was a great time? How, how did it work for you with a month to month deal? Was that insecure on your part? Did you feel insecure being on a month to month deal? You know what? I was on trial, wasn't I? Yeah. That's that's the way I looked at it. Um, it was an hour's drive from uh, my house. John Barnwell, <coughs> actually no, John Barnwell wasn't the manager. I can't remember who the manager was at the time. But I got him the bullet. <laughs> I've got a lot of managers the bullet. Um, John Barnwell took over. I was actually playing with a lad who I also uh, played with uh, the team in Belford Rovers with Mark, right. a guy called Terry Fleming. 
he was at Northampton Town, so we used to drive down there together from Birmingham, which was really was handy for me. To makes a lot easier, doesn't it? Having oh, someone by your side makes makes it real real handy. Um, I mean, that was that was a that was a desperate club, to be honest with you, at the time. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was they had no money. Yeah, they had no money. Um, do, do, do you know Northampton Town at all? They've got a new stadium now, but if you remember. Well, I might have to jog your memory, but it was actually connected to a c- cricket pitch. No, I never knew that. So the 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 outfield was half of their football pitch. So on one half of their pitch was absolutely rock solid in the summer because Jeez. it was it was kept that way for the cricket. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> My God, so no idea, yeah, is it? I was on a month to month, but realistically, I was on trial. Really, mm. Ollie Carroll went there as well, actually in '94. Yeah, I think we there. Uh, yeah. Simon Madden possibly as well went to Northampton. Ty Porcel, I think Tiger went there eventually, and then they, they think they blew up. I think they they went their business possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good town. Um, good nightclubs. The per- <laughs> <laughs> the permanent move to Cove Ramblers came about, and uh, you had a good time there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I have a good time wherever I go. Though <laughs> I can tell you that now. But um, yeah, so that come about because I was on a month to month at Northampton. George Malrick just phoned me up out of the blue and he said, listen, what are you doing? So your stock was high with Cove? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So George remembered me from a few years ago back. He said, look, we just got promoted into the Premier, not long in the Premier. Uh, do you fancy coming over for six months? And I said, look, do you know what? I, I went and spoke to the, the manager at Northampton Town. He, he, he wasn't handcuffing me to the, to the club, to be honest with you. So mm. he said, look, it's up to you. He said, you, you've got an opportunity here. Um, blah, blah, blah. You can stick it out. Um, I was I was probably maybe let's say two up front in them days probably f- number four striker I could have stayed there for another opportunity maybe I should have hindsight's a wonderful thing but look yeah. I, I said to myself why not go over there and see how it goes um, n- no real sort of a, I, I suppose my ambitions were starting to wane at that stage if the truth be known um, so spare so time spare go, time in Cove tell me about your spare time in Cove like I mean it's not a hot bit of activity, tra- is it? I was training every day, man. Training every day. <laughs> I was getting... Well, actually, I wasn't training every day, but I got the train every day up to Cork. Um, so, yeah, playing... Were you, living in, were you living in Cove? Living in Cove with John O'Rourke. Okay. So I was living with John O'Rourke's family. Um, he looked after me really well. You know, John O... You know, John O from Shells. Mm. Um, Red, <laughs> the flame air striker, Boniek, they used to call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they called me the flame air striker. It was he. He was Boniek. So um, I lived with Jono. We played golf. We went snooker. We asked around. We trained to a certain degree. Mm. We trained um, two or three nights for the team matches. Used to take everywhere we played against Cove. Took us two days to get back. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's how far everything was away from Cove. Um, but do you know what? I had a great time down there. You frequent the local alehouse? Lots of them. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You'd, you, it was one of those places where you'd just go down the town just to pick up some, some shopping or whatever. You just get a little call. Listen, Johnny, you fancy coming in for a little drink? Ah, fuck it. Why not? Next to me, no, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> no shopping. No shopping. Shopping's it. Bags are all. Crumbs are everywhere. It was often those days. And the, you know what, dude? The, the, the people at uh, Cove are lovely. Mm. Um, you know, people people often said to me, you know, living down in Cork, you must have got some stick there being a Brit. And uh, I said, no chance. I said, I, I fucking got on great down yeah. there. I never got any abuse whatsoever. I'll talk to you. Um, so, you yeah, know, 
Cove was good. And you know what? It just happened to be one of those lucky places where I just scored a lot. Mm. It's, on, on the pitch. Football now, yeah. Football and abilities. It can do a lot for you off pitch as well, can't it? Definitely helps. And, and, <laughs> and to be fair, when you when you used to go into nightclubs, you used to make sure that the women heard your English accents. <laughs> you were lashing on that, were you? <laughs> and then you, you, it was it was game over. <laughs> so you would have played against Rovers, 94 title win inside. The only major trophy that Rovers won yes. between Milltown and Tallis. So was it a good team? Rovers team? Yeah, that 94 team that won the league. Would have oh, been gay look, go, I mean, wouldn't it? It was the gay show, wasn't gay-go it? Gay show, yeah. Tola, Byrne, Alan Byrne. Um, those were the main three. Derek was only coming into the team then, wasn't he? Uh, Peter at the back. Um, Alan O'Neill at the back. Terry Everston up front. Yeah, I mean, they, team, they were yeah. a savage team, yeah. Um, I would have went away with the Irish uh, league team to Wales. Oh, yeah, that was a thing back a, then, wasn't ca- it? Yeah, do you remember that? They used to play League of League, Ireland league teams. So you would have played with some of them players? Yeah, so would have played with some of them, yeah. So, yeah, they were good players, I mean. The, but the, you know what? The, what I see now when I watch football now is, like, I look back and I think, they're men. You know, there's a lot of kids playing nowadays, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I know. What you know, you mean. the average age, I'm sure, back then was a lot higher. Um, but yeah, they were good. I mean, I remember Terry Everston one day just going in for a tackle with his head. <laughs> <laughs> he went in for a fifty-fifty with Philip Long. He was a hard, hard player as well. And he just he put his head there to block the tackle. Terry stuck in. What are your memories of the RDS? Can you? Oh, she smelled a shite. <laughs> um, did you have to get horse injections? Do you know what? I can't remember getting horse injections. Um, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. A couple of players mentioned that. I can't remember getting an injection. And the, did you like, uh, what did you like as the RDS as a pitch and in general when you played there? Sometimes it was, very, it, was, it was very heavy. Yeah. It was very heavy. My problem with, with joining Rovers that season was I think I was Gagan's replacement. <laughs> so, how did the move come about? I was under pressure. Ray Tracy. Uh, God rest his soul, Ray. He, um, I was at Cove and he actually flew down. I don't know if you know this about Ray, but he hated flying. Really? And he had the travel agency? Yeah, but he hated flying. And um, he flew down to Cork. I met him in Cork Airport. And he, offered, and he brought the contract down to me for, for me to sign. And I think I've been screwed a few times over the, over the years, signing this and signing the other. And I just shut myself at the last minute. Mm. I was going to sign for Rovers. And, 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 and uh, Damien Richardson came in for me at Shells. That's why I shut myself. He said, <laughs> look, just don't sign. Whatever he flat puts in front of you, do not sign it. So Ray was there. He said, look, you fucking made me come all the way down here. And you just 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 <laughs> sign the paper. If you If you... If I get back and you come back to me and say, "Look, I'm not signing," I'll rip it up. And I said, "Ray, I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't do it." So, anyway, that was really bad because so you left him hanging in Cork quite, Airport. He was quite persuasive, but he was angry with me. Um. Anyway, I went back to Damien. For whatever reason, the move fell out with Charles. I don't know whether Damien could get the budget because he had quite a he had a, he had quite a substantial um, strike force at the time. But Damien knows. Would you have been going into a team with Gago then? Yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't yeah. be going in there with Gagel. Yeah. But uh, Richardson, if you remember, you, you, you probably don't know this, but he was manager of Cove Ramblers for a while. Oh, there's a new one, did you know that? You have to get the book, Prof. I'm to check the book, yeah. <laughs> Prof, where's all your stats? Come on, I'll get him. Dis- <laughs> I knew he was in getting him, but I forgot about Cove. He was there for a while, but he was he, when George left, or, or got the sack, I can't remember what happened to him, but he, he left anyway. So George, uh, Damien filled in. So that's how I got to know Damien. And then when Damien came in, we were actually 
we were training full time. Mm. There was about four of us <laughs> training full time. But uh, so that's how Damien got to know me, and uh, you know he obviously thought I could do a job at Charles. Anyway, it fell through. Had to phone Ray up and say, "Listen, are you still interested?" And he said, "Yeah, fair play to him." So I said, "Look, I'll drive up." To mm, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> give, give it back. Yeah, on, yeah. yeah. And um, we, we and you got the deal over the line. Got the deal over the line. So, uh, first fan question comes in for Peter Morphy. He says, what was his opinion of Ray Trace as a gaffer? And Ray signed him and very quickly fell out of favour. Yeah, super question. Um, was there an incident? No. Well, I, I've just told you. Bad start, wasn't that it? That one, yeah. There you go. Um, no, no. Do you know what? Um, Ray was probably, of all the managers I had, he was probably, I think, the, mo- the most knowledgeable at the time in relation to formations he was probably in some ways a little ahead of his time because he used to tinker with he was a tinker man he, he you know he used to tr- three four five at the back change yeah. it all around he was a, he was a thinking man's a manager and um i've said it before you know ray um i think he expected players to be the finished article i was far from the finished article i mean i was 23 i think and i needed coaching um but I wasn't getting it. So was he going? Was he throwing you in the deep end, like and saying in, produce? In, in some ways, I remember before one match, um, he said to me, "I was getting a rub actually. I think I had an ankle injury coming back from from the states." And uh, Ray said to me, "Oi, Francis, I paid fucking fifteen grand for you out my own pocket. You better start delivering." For fuck's sake! Obviously, I shit myself. <laughs> no pressure. So. You, you know what you could you could turn around and say if 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 he said that to me now I'd kind of like whatever but I was twenty three I was living up in Dublin on my own I was living in a guest house so you were still kind of you would have would you have been the shy type would you have been a little bit shy in and around the new gaffer or intimidated by him you know the was, fact that you were going to a big team was, a league winning team yeah yeah I was probably a little bit intimidated if the truth be known um, at the time I probably would have been better off going to Shells mm. but I moved up with Kenny O'Rourke if you remember uh, Kenny they used to call him Shamu um, <laughs> he had to lose a bit of weight I'm loving the nickname Shamu <laughs> uh. oh we had some banter um, so no there was no incident apart from there was there was absolutely no incident apart from the um, the, 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 the initial signing the forced impressions yeah yeah and uh, do you know what it just didn't happen for me mm. Um and it didn't happen for Ray either, did it? After that season, it was he, he kind of mm. things started to go a little bit pear shapes, mm. and um, which was unfortunate. And I, you know what? I seen him take some serious abuse by Rovers fans. Oh yeah, 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 some horrific abuse uh, up at Tolka Park. You know, and you can't and escape the, it in Tolka, can you? Um, you know, so but no, he was good. There was no, there was no incident though. There was no incident as far as I can I can, I can recall. Uh, John Darney asks do you remember the 6-4 game at Talca Park against Shells uh, you scored in that one the 1997 St Valentine's Day Massacre yeah I've watched that a few times on YouTube uh, apart, apart we could, could mention another 6-4 I'm sure you probably will later but that was an amazing 6-4 game two hat-tricks in one game Cuzzo and Morley yeah. what happened there 4-1 over half time wasn't it you're talking about the balls match. I'm talking, what, what are you talking about a different one? Oh, the Shells. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, we were 4-1 yeah, yeah, up against yeah. Shells as well, weren't oh, we? Yeah, yeah. They, they paired it back. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? That was a great game. That really was a great game <clears> to play in. That was one of the best. Um, 
Yeah, we were on fire that night. But Charles was so good back then. Who was I mean, the top of your head? Who was the, the players that you were impressed with off that team? Do you remember Sheridan? I mean, the guy yeah. was amazing. Sheryl's still around. We only had him on recently, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Sheryl lives around here, actually. Sheryl's involved with Lord Celtic. Top class. Um, Morley. I mean, unbelievable. Morley and Gagan up front. Uh, Pascal Vorderquin, who, who joined Rovers after yeah, a while, didn't yeah. he? Greg Costello. Um, Mick Neville at the back. Pinging them, launching like 70-yard balls over to Rutherford. Um, or should I say Rubberfoot <laughs> they were just they, they, they were an electric team weren't they I think Desi Baker might have played that night as well Desi in the shell maybe, maybe maybe on the bench and his brother as well yeah it? Richie with the 4 Cup game as well against Limerick the last minute winner in pitch invasion 1997 FAI Cup you remember that one I remember it well because you know what I was on the bench <laughs> I was on the bench for a lot of the games wasn't I but um, I definitely come on and assisted two goals that game Came on, pretty much changed the game. You could say we got two. I, 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 to be honest with you, I think I did. I think I did. Come on, I think I, I the, the, the first um, was it in extra time. Yeah, and usually the the ties been the extra time that year. They yeah. did away with replays that season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I got the. I set someone up for the equaliser, and then I set um, Lee Williams up for the winner. Was it Lee Williams? Do you remember Lee Williams, ex Villa player? Not an Englishman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm popping up. Popping up stats here for you. Jogging the memory. Um, yeah, that was that was a good game. That was a good game. And then after all that, we went out to First Division Waterford in the next round. And then the following season, we went out to Atlone, another First Division club in the cup. So there was some kind of there was a lot of cup humiliations back then, wasn't there? In the sort did of I the play 90s. in them? I bet you I never. I don't. Know, you I think you ran you ran loan for one of them uh, at, at Cove. So you might have missed that loan one. Oh, I've got a great story yeah. about that, that loan to Cove. Go on. Um, Joe and Mick. John, John O'Rourke actually was the manager of Cove at the time. My one of my, you know, he's one of my best buddies. Lived with him for years. I lived him, lived him with him in Dublin as well. After a while, right. while he was playing at Shells, I was at Rovers. And um, he said, "Johnny, any chance you could get down here or not?" I said, "Fucking hell, John, I'd love to come. I can't get a sniff here." Sherlock was ahead of me. Ah, um, busy getting helicopters. Yeah, and look, he was ahead of me. That's just the way it plays, you know. That's that, that's the game of soccer. So, anyway, I remember, um, you know, when you go on loan, it's only a gentleman's agreement really that you'll come back. You actually do leave. Mm. So there's a gentleman's agreement that on, on both sides. Really, that's the way it works. Yeah, that's like an unsaid thing in football. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? okay. Well, that's as far as I knew the rule back then. Anyway, yeah. so we sort of we we documented up a little one page of myself and Jono, and uh, we made it read that like you know I can't go back to Rovers mm. so went down to Cove Ramblet and it, but Joe and Mick said go on get off the wage bill yeah. they didn't give a monkeys really about me um, so anyway went down to Cove went on a great run down there pushing for promotion scoring a few goals next minute a few injuries back at Rovers uh, Mick says listen Sean I need you back for Sunday and I said well, I'm not coming back and uh, so what's this on a says, Tuesday or a Wednesday like? yeah he said yes you are I says, I'm not. And he says, well, you have to because you contracted to us. And I says, no, I'm not. I said, I've got a contract here. Separate agreement here. And uh, anyway, then I, I reckon I was gone really from, from Mick. That was completely gone then. So I ended up staying at Cove and, and Bowles beat us like um, 5-0 in the, in, in the, the playoff to, to stay up or get promoted. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, look, I, I'm certainly, I burnt my bridges there with Mick <laughs> at that time. 
but uh, uh, look, Mikko, Mikko, Mikko's great. You know, he's a great, he's a, he's a great Rovers fan. He's a great lad. You'll enjoy Mick's question coming up in a moment now. But, Mick uh, Burns, yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, we were speaking off air about what we did last uh, last week in the podcast, the Tippies yeah. Hotline, where we had Derek Tracy and Tony O'Dowd on. We were asking about the nomadic years, and one of the questions was, what typified the struggle? Like, what were some low webs? <laughs> and like a lot of the ex players mentioned, you know, training in the spa world, car park, yeah. things like that. Horrendous. So, would that be an example for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always point that out. Sparwell car park. I mean, how embarrassing can you get? Um, another one is this. Actually, no, no, that's a separate occasion. That was when Rick Hall was there. But um, I may as well mention it because you know it's it's kind of like nomadic. We 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 had a trip to Derry, mm-hmm. and we met up in the, in a in a Tala Sparwell, or a hotel down there actually, and uh, we had a we had a little a, a fucking minibus. With a trailer on the back for the boots and the bags, and I swear to God, Rico was going—he was going ape shit, and we were all laughing. It was—it was Mickey Mouse. Oh, you need a tarpaulin to go over. Like? Yeah, it was Mickey Mouse. Anyway, we stop in Castle Blaney or somewhere on the way up for for lunch. Just about to leave, get on the fucking golf buggy, as, as Richardson called it. Next minute, all this humongous coach pulls up next to us. Top a top class coach, TVs all over the shop. Bray Wonders on it. Fuck off. <laughs> Sums it up. Bray Wonders on it. <laughs> oh god. And they all got off the bus and they were absolutely pissing themselves laughing at our bus and it was it was just a joke. It was an absolute joke. Um But yeah, man, we used to train everywhere. Everywhere we, we get chased by park rangers. Chased by park there. rangers, that was down I remember getting chased down park rangers down in uh, Fairview yeah Stanaway Park anyone mention that was that Clondalkin no was there's that, one in Crumlin Fairview? as well one down the road did you remember training in Crumlin just down the road Stanaway Trevor Malloy hiding in the bushes that might have been more the mid now was he, was he playing mid-90s. for us or was he waiting to mug someone I'm waiting to mug someone Trevor is a great lad so there was a lot of there was a lot of messing around yeah, with training it was, and that. it was terrible yeah. honestly I mean it was you know but the funny thing about it was when it came to the matches you were pl- you knew you were playing for the biggest team in the country because everyone that played you wanted to b- beat you and i think that's that's a, that's that's the same it still exists it still exists and and that's the biggest problem that rovers players have because they they they're judged against the past and everyone wants to beat them and everyone no matter who they play you could talk about that Limerick team putting us up to fight, helping us we had to win 5-4 to beat them they were shite, but mm. I mean, they 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 lifted their game up 60 percent, and Just that's to beat what, the Rovers. Yeah, everyone tries their ultimate to beat Rovers. It's insane how that still exists. It's it's, it's coming yeah. from a player that played in the nineties. Every player we interview it goes back 20, 30 years. They always say the same thing to us. Yeah, but, um, we had the nineteen ninety eight Intertoto Cup against Alte Spar, where you nearly turned it around the second leg, and yeah. Toki slaughtered goats. Um, great trip all sorts of madness tell us any anything you can tell us about that trip was there a night too <laughs> oh man there's some, there's some crazy nights out at our place as Tommy Dunn used to say do you know what we're fucking a shit football team but we're the best fucking drinkers <laughs> yeah so who would, have been, who would have been the have you got a starting 11 of drinkers there no we do you know what don't get me wrong we weren't a team of alcoholics or anything like that and, uh, and I was a, it's a common themselves. theme uh, in the conversation about drinking all that but 
um, there wasn't there wasn't major drinkers mm. to be fair, but there was major people that there was major party animals mm. who used to love enjoying themselves. There's nothing wrong with that, really, though, no, is there? No, absolutely not, man. I mean, the night before the match was a bit of a problem, but um, <laughs> I mean, realistically, you're a bunch of lads. You're fair enough. You're going away as professionals, but I think it was a different time back then as well. But you're going away, bunch of fellas walking on with each other. You're in a different country. Yeah. You're gonna go on and have a little no, drink. Like. Turkey wasn't crazy. Um, I went to Liechtenstein with Longford. We had a great night over there. Mm. We had a great night in. Um, do you remember we played against Jur Gardens at Rovers? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was trouble in in Sweden that time as well. There was, yeah, with the fans. I mean, that was a great night, out. and all the Swedish the, the Jur Garden fans were going, "Why are you drinking? You lost." <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, um, Turkey, I can remember us having a good bit of crack in Turkey, but it was very strict over there, if I remember. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was kind of like we were warned to be careful. Oh, yeah? Who were the club officials warned you, or their yeah, officials? Yeah, the local officials, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I, I think the night before the match, we were standing outside the hotel singing and shouting, trying to not make us sleep, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah? It was like a skeleton crew. No, that was the fucking B team. from <laughs> was down there. <laughs> There's only a skeleton crew flew off for that one, like Jim Conroy and the Whack. They were basically acting physios and kit men, like just fans volunteering. Oh, so you're back then, I can imagine it would have been tough yeah. to get there. And, mm-hmm. and, and like. Yeah, it was good. It was a good trip. That it was really good. It was hot. Good crowd. Was it a uh, the the crowd was a hostile? Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I think there was only about ten or twelve thousand there, but mm. it was it was hostile. Yeah. A question from Mick Bourne as well. Oh, Mick. Good old Mick. Who's your favourite gaffer? It's got to be Mick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, Damien Richardson. Without oh, yeah? Without a shadow of a Was doubt. Was he as eccentric as he comes across in his programme notes and things yeah. like that? Like, yeah. Have you any funny stories about him? Uh, Is he strange or... Rick off. Fucking hell. He's... To me, he was just brilliant. Yeah? Yeah. He was a, he was a centre forward and all his training was geared around about scoring mm. you know his philosophy was and this was his this was his downfall um, he'd rather he wanted to go out and win 4-0 he'd rather you know he'd rather lose 5-4 or 6-4 you know mm. than, 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 than go for 1-0 wins like we used to practice uh, shape work on the defence and stuff but nah no. go and score more than the, the opposition I love that philosophy um, and that's what that's why I didn't become a manager because I think I'd be the same I wouldn't have the discipline to to set the team up at the back, maybe he should have. If he if he had um, the right number two, you know, working on shape. In his ear, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Rico was. Ah, oh, listen, some some crazy stuff. There's some really funny stuff happened there with Damien. I mean, the best one ever was when when we did lose to um, Hope Smith. He doesn't mind me mentioning this, but um, David Smith. Remember David Smith? Was he from? Was it? Were you Liverpool? He, he was Charles. He came. He, he came to Rovers. Right. It was the game we lost six four to Bowles. <clears throat> I mean, Damien was apoplectic or whatever the word is after the match. I mean, he was fuming. Is this the fullback that never played again? Yeah, yes, he never played That's again. Him. Never played football again after that game. Is that true or is that no? It's true. It's true. Actually, he didn't play football again <clears throat> after that. It's true. Absolutely true. Smithy, you fucking cunt! <laughs> Are you on drugs, son? Are you on drugs? Was in he his, that bad in his face? He'd have I mean, a game. He wasn't really that bad. 
what was he singing out for? Do you reckon? Bit of a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think Rutherford roasted him down the left. Okay. I think maybe three or four of the goals come from the left hand side. And it could have been one of those little instances that just threw him over the edge. Maybe where he just thought, you know what, I'm fucking done. But, he, but, 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 but you know what? He, he fought, Damien phoned me during the week and he said, "Sean, we're, we're struggling for players. Any chance you could find Smithy and see if he'll come back?" Didn't you do the dirty work? <laughs> yeah, he, um, I couldn't believe it. But no, he never played again, and he was a good player. That's mad. That's madness. Remember Tony O'Dowd stood face to face to him with Rico. Yeah, they were locking horns. Yeah, Tony, that doesn't surprise me. Tony locked horns with a few managers actually. <laughs> I imagine so. Um, but yeah, Danny, Tony, listen, so you can. I don't, I'm sure Tony wouldn't mind just telling a few stories. Uh, Tony, he, I, I need to remind him about the because you asked me a question about one of the best goals I ever scored was against Tony. Oh, Tony, oh, he's, like sick. he's fucking sick. He won't admit it. <laughs> I scored the winner for Cove Ramblers against Pats. Chipped him from about. 30 yards <laughs> oh, he, he'll deny it to the hill do you know what Tony's like but I got him we'll make <laughs> sure Tony has a retort for this one anyway well he's got loads of ammunition against me in fairness so uh, the second and last season of uh, Mick Burns time 1988 or 1998-99 uh, where you're on loan at Cove so then you come back and we have a new manager Rico and we have yeah. a new ground Santry so it was like a fresh start yeah, I mean, look, the training, the training with, with Rico was, for me, was just electric. Genuinely, honestly, now it was all geared up towards centre forwards. <laughs> that's that's why I'm being a bit selfish here. Um, Must be refreshing going to training and really looking forward to it. And having a manager that believes in you. Yeah. Because you know, I didn't give, I, I probably <laughs> didn't give Mick, in fairness, the um, the confidence to play me. You know, you could argue that question. Mm. Um, you know, you're always looking at yourself, how you can improve and what you can do better. But um, Richard Damien's methods just suited me. He liked me, and he, you know, he knew he knew how to make me tick. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and we went to Santry. So, man, managing would have been a good attribute of Richardson for me. It was yeah. it was the best. No, no. In fairness, I have to give Alan Matthews at Longford a shout on that as well. Yeah, um, I thought he was excellent at man management. Man managing me. Um, I would say definitely Steve O'Donnell doesn't good. like him now does he yeah certainly doesn't I don't think they're managing that relationship well <laughs> but that, that's a different story for another day um, but, um, yeah so Santry yeah news, yeah, Santry was it was strange it was so small it's like playing on a on a fag packet like like <laughs> Derek Tracy said before he said you'd be going down the wing and you'd be doing the long jump <laughs> Yes, yeah. so to be sand and the, the the running track. So was did you like a, a soulless kip as it's known, but within the Rovers fan base, it was very soulless. Um, I'm sure the lads told you we had some. We we did have some crack up there, um, and we, we you know we had some celebrations where we we got up on the podium. That was a nice that, question from Tony, Tony Cousins. Tony Cousins. Cousins. That was yeah. what did he say? Uh, what was your best celebration after scoring in Sanctuary? Ah, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, that's an easy one. I, I went on the podium. <clears throat> Is this the winner's podium? The one, yeah, two, the three? winner's podium. Yeah, so I stepped up. I think I stepped up to the second, the silver medalist one for the first goal. I scored again. I went up to the gold medalist one. But we also scored against Longford, and I'd done kind of like the Frosby flop onto the, onto the high <laughs> jump piece, and rolled over and just give it one of them. Um, but yeah, Sanctuary was so small. Fucking hell, he was brutal. Bad pitch. Yeah, a couple of people asked about. A couple of people asked about that celebration. Uh, Noel Keenan wanted to know how long you were planning that one. So, like, were you in training all week thinking about looking at the podium, going, "Oh, you're going to get on the podium," or was it spontaneous? Uh, it was purely spontaneous because 
I didn't know I was going to score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have been waiting a long time to, to, to prepare that one. Um, no, I think I just I just thought about it right on cue, just off the cuff. Yeah. Did uh, take a while for the Rovers fans to win over to win win or did you take you a while to win the Rovers fans over? Do you reckon, in your own opinion? Well, um, look, you, you you know better than me on that one. To be fair, but I think I think it took about eight years. <laughs> um, I look, I always maintain this. Rovers have got magnificent fans, and I think if you give them everything. They'll give you everything back. They'll even if you play shite, if you if you give you if you give your all for the, for the club, the badge, wherever it may be, they'll appreciate that. And I, I think totally and, agree, yeah. and I think I done that. I think I worked my whole off every match. You can't play well every match. There's some things just that some things that just don't go well for you. But you know, I think one one once Damien arrived, I think they started to see the real me um, and the qualities I could bring, and. Um, yeah, I think I, I, it took them a while, but I, I, I kind of won them over. Yeah, I, I think I did the majority of them. Like Derek Tracy, the fisherman, with some good words for you. He said, "Sean's great lad and was definitely a player's player. Gave everything in the game. And who did he prefer or find easier playing up front with, Cuzzo or Tony Grant?" Oh, fucking hell! And give us your scientific breakdown, you could say, of how different it was between the two playing with them and how they enhanced actually, your qualities. It's actually quite easy. So. I done all the running for Tony. I don't know how many assists I had for him. Right. You have to differentiate now, Tony Grant. Tony Cousins. Cousins. Right. So Cuzzo. Cuzzo. So well, Cuzzo was lethal in the box. Come on, lads. He was near post, back stick. He always used to get his teeth. I mean, his head in. <laughs> you know, um, and what about Kenny as well? You've been a, and, you'd have been a big but, fan of his set Grant, pieces. And but, sorry, but Granty was the opposite. Right. Granty was just unbelievable at running channels. I know his Rovers fans have fell out with him, but... You know, you can't deny the guy was amazing at Rovers. Oh yeah, so he'd do a lot of donkey work. So you'd have two people who'd be willing to work their socks off with you and Grant up front. But yeah. with Cuzzo, you'd be doing all the running and all the assists. Cuzzo didn't have the just, legs. He just scored a goal. Yeah, but you know, don't forget. He, do, do, do you guys remember when he when he signed his new contract? He won the damn. He, he won the prize. Oh, you must remember that. What, what's this? Explain. Do you remember Cuzzo's contract was up? Every fucking club in the country was coming for him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was Next minute, you know, prosper, he was hot property, wasn't he? He was real hot property. But somehow he won the draw. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you remember the big draw for the cars and stuff? No, he won. He yeah. won that. Surely. Oh, uh, oh I'm not there saying, we go. Nothing. saying nothing. Hey, I'm saying, saying nothing, Cuzzo. It was a, a, an honest and fair draw. But who did the draw? Yeah. Who did the tumbler? We were it had to be Pat Burney. Had to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Cuzzo. Brilliant in the box. Granty outside the box. Different, different gravy. Because I was still involved as well, isn't he? He's still coaching away up there. Great fella. You were saying something about Mark Kenny there, were you? Yeah. Any, any Mark Kenny anecdotes? Mark's a good friend of the show. Oh, man. Where did you get the name Beach Boy? You were on that trip, weren't you? You guys know about where he got the oh, name man. Beach Boy. Oh, I heard so he just likes the beach. <laughs> I, do you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I missed that trip because I was did injured not, again. You? You named oh, no. That's supposed to be I, absolutely I, I, legendary I, I that had, trip. Um, it must have been another hernia operation. It must have been. Well, how good was Beach? Oh, listen, man, he's he, what, what, what a, what a character. Mm. What a character. <laughs> the funniest blog I've ever met in my life. Well, my best mate in Birmingham is probably a notch sharper, believe it or not, in terms of yeah. one-liners and, and, and spitting out. Off the cuff remarks and stuff, but Kenny was man, he was razor sharp. I mean, 
that do them in stitches. Mm. You know, Pat Scully used to come up sometimes to the back of the bus. Lad, you've been fucking laughing for the last fucking 40 minutes. Get your fucking heads on. Otherwise, you, if you bring it on a pitch... And he used to slay us and Kenny be like, fuck off. <laughs> um, what was Scully like? Was Scully... Did you get on with Tough work. Yeah. Tough work. He, he was my... Um, I used to travel up to games with him because I lived in Newbridge and he lived in Nace. So we used to mm. carpool, basically. But yeah, no, he, 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 he was tough work. He was he separated himself from from the team. He used to do his own warm-ups and that. Uh, Beach Boys CV is quite good at the minute. Everywhere he goes, he's been a trophy. He won with Moctis, he's won it with Pats, he's won. He's, Beach Boy, yeah. Mark Kenny, he's doing quite well. He's coaching all over Dublin. But he, he seems not, to only stick around and win trophies and then move on again. So he's won with Crumlin, he's won with Moctis, he's won with Pats on their edge. He's doing pretty well. It's like Nanny McPhee. That, you know, I, 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 <laughs> do you know that saying that Nanny McPhee has? But, uh, it's something along the lines of, you know, when you need me most. I won't be there. <laughs> when, 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 you, when you do need me, and you're open your eyes, I'll be there or something. It's, along, it's something along those lines. But he can't manage teams, though, can he? Because he's FAI affiliated. I think it's he can't manage officially above a certain level. I think he, oh, okay. he's with Lens of Senior and Underage, yeah. I think. I think that's the way yeah, it will. Yeah. With Tony Grant as well, he said, um, the two seasons under Rico when myself and Sean played together were possibly the most enjoyable seasons I've yeah. had in the LOI. Such a great understanding, and Sean was huge. And get me to settle at Rovers. So his question was, was it enjoyable for you? Oh, mate, look, it was brilliant. That was a great, great season. And you know what? It's um, That's what hurt the most, actually, when I left. Because I was top scorer the previous year. And then I just felt my second, the, the, the year after was just completely wasted. Mm. When Bucco was there. And um, but that season that Tony's talking about, oh yeah, we played some phenomenal football that year. Must have played under a lot of managers. I must have how many, how many Rovers managers? I played? definitely got rid of about six, or <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe seven. Um, yeah, no, there was Ray, Alan O'Neill, Terry Everston, right? Mick Byrne, Pat Byrne. You could argue they're one and the same. There was um, Rico, um, Bucco. That's seven. Not too many. Mm-hmm. We know who you're too many. Well, look, I was only there bloody eight years, when I? Eight, nine years, so. Yeah, you mentioned you were a top scorer in uh, 2001 and 2002, 13, mm. 14 goals in the league, more yeah. in all competitions. And uh, you would have had more competition up front as well. Noel Hunt came along. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he, Hunt, he was, finished my career really, didn't he? Or over the bastard. <laughs> uh, but new blood's got to come through. And uh, Hunty was special. Look, uh, yeah, we had we had two grants, didn't we? Tony and Stephen, Hunty and myself. And that, um, were you watching Hunt and training, thinking he's fucking coming up my rear here now? He's yeah, absolutely. He's but good. you know what? But, but I didn't care because I was on fire myself. Me, Granty, and and Hunty were on were on fire. Tony Grant, Stephen Grant was in and out the team. To be fair, right? <clears throat> um, he kind of played big part. Um, but yeah, so when Hunty came into into the forefront, look, he was electric. But you know what? I, I mean, I was I was in the best shape of my career. Yeah. I was I was I was on fire. Um, and then Liam liked the four three three, didn't he? If you remember, kind of those, I think he played a wide man, and it, it, that didn't suit me. That didn't suit me. So you were more preferred to a two up top. That suited off somebody. me better. That suited me better. Kind of like dropping a little bit deeper, maybe holding up the play. Bringing the other striker into into play, then getting into the box, 
Um, old school style. But, um, you know, Hunty done great though, didn't he, in fairness? Mm, yeah, He's a man, super yeah. player, man. He had some leap on him. He could jump like four feet in the air yeah. to win a header. <laughs> um, and a great lad as well to boot. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I remember it well. I mean, that cup final... Um, you only got seven minutes Book I'll put me on for seven minutes and that was for me was the end of it because I played against Bowles if you remember in the semi-final me and Granty played up front and that was a stonking game we ate them for the whole match um, and then what year was the that, following, was that, was that the following week I dropped, oh, was that the one that got Farley the sack or no 2002 I got to mention last week I think Tony Adele mentioned it yeah apparently yeah, Tony put a, stuck his head in the Bowles dressing room afterwards to wind them up after he's won that semi-final. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So that was, that was it. I handed in my uh, resignation. Well, I handed in a transfer request after that, didn't I? Um, I didn't want to leave, but I had to. Because... Just felt like your time was up. Well, do you know what? My age... I was coming to the... I, was, I think I was 30 then at the time. Was that 2001? 2002. 2002. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was 32, approaching 32, wasn't I? No, 30. 30, sorry. And um, I was really fit, but I wasn't I wasn't um, producing anything for the team. I wasn't allowed to to add anything. I wasn't contributing, basically, and through no fault of my own. Top, score, top goal scorer for the previous two years, then ignored. So, look... You know, I had to the move. Up, I'm done. Yeah, I had I'm to move, on. didn't I? You know, I was there for for long enough. Um, like I said, I was disappointed, but um, look, it, it paid off in dividends in the end. I won the cup the, the uh, year after. So, what was that conversation like with with Bucco when you did uh, leave? Or was there even a conversation? No, Sometimes no, there, there doesn't no, be. Doesn't no, there? there was. In fairness, he tried to he, 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 he tried to convince me to stay. Basically, saying, "Look, I'm playing Hunty because I've I, I've got a, I'm selling him." Um, and I said, "Look, that's." That's not my business. That's your business. I want to play. Um, I never said to him, oh, uh, you know, I never threatened him. I said, look, I've made my decision. I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, so he did try and keep me, in fairness, but I, I would have just stayed on the bench still, you know. I wanted to ask you about a goal, um, but just to set this up, first of all, Robert scored an early goal last week uh, at Talca Park. We scored in the first. Uh, two minutes of the match so we don't do that too often and I have some stats later Gary I think we've done it about four or five times mm-hmm. under Bradzer we also do a golden goal competition amongst ourselves Okay. and uh, a few weeks ago Gary gave me the first minute Ooh, and uh, I was giving out stink to him I said Gary the first minute we haven't scored a goal in the first minute in 20 years we're hardly going to score again this week so what goal do you think I'm talking about there Sean in the first minute of a match what? I'm testing your memory here now. Over 20 years ago. I have to remember that one if it was in the first minute. He's looking perfect. Yeah, he's been good so far, but I mm. think I've stumped, you, I've stumped him here. What goal did we score in the first minute? In, in the two, last 20 years? In 2001. Beyond any more. Was that against Strahara? No, Terryland Park. Oh, I got sent off straight after, did I? Yeah. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. You scored in 39 seconds. You... Uh, Tapped in the Shane Robinson cross, and, and then, then and then you turn from hero to villain, and you yeah. were sent off. What were you sent off for? That annoying wanker Billy Cleary, <laughs> with his, <laughs> his squeaky voice. Um, Can you remember the goal? It's a good lad. Is it coming back to you now? 
yeah, he's coming back to me. He, yeah, he, Robbo on he, the wing. Yeah, it was. He was a bit of a tapping. Well, I I thought it was a great finish to be honest with you. I showed composure. Looked <laughs> oh, up. You couldn't the, remember it. Set the goal. Goal <laughs> keeper the wrong that, way. That was a great goal. <laughs> Popped it in. Um, Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. We have to find some. The sending off was better. What was the sending off for? I think he just. I I I I seen red mist. I've never been sent off, lads. You know, I'm rarely booked. Yeah. And Billy Cleary just came through the back of me, elbowed me in my head, and I was fucking fuming. He was, I was in pain. Next minute, you know, something else happened about 30 seconds. There was another interaction about 30 seconds later. I just grabbed him by the neck. Oh. That's all I'd done. Grabbed him by the neck, and he fell like a ton of bricks. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, I, des- I, I, I absolutely got deserved to send off, but, you know, it's... Mm. Clear, eh? We ended up winning the cup anyway, and the following year it was long for a 2 0 win over Pats. I was at this game, prof, actually. I was playing really? for Pats at the time, yeah. And he scored one of the goals to secure long for his fourth ever trophy, memories of the day, and last day Was that did Eric Levine score that? No, I mean, you scored the first that? goal, and then who was that? Was that at Richmond Park? Did you say no, that would have been the Lansdowne uh, no, Road? Oh, the cup final. Yeah. final, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Did Eric Levine score late in that, and you scored as well? Am I getting that right? No, Barrett scored the second one. Levine, Barrett scored. If you remember, Levine went straight through on goals. That's what the, I think it was. The halfway line. And he didn't shoot. And it, everyone couldn't believe it. We got fucking shoot. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. Um, so was, tell tell us about that day anyway. Oh, it was a good day. Scoring on the cup final. Go, going back to um, Alan Matthews being a, being a good manager, you know. I think... He, he, what differentiated him from other managers in my book was um, his attention to detail. Honestly, no, it was immaculate. I mean, I had a big problem with the training sessions that we had on. Right. Um, this is the long for training, training sessions sh- under Matthews. Training was shit. Right. Who was the coach? Aaron O'Callaghan and, and, um, and was, was with Alan. Okay. Um, but you know what? We trained the way we kind of played to a certain degree. Right, okay. Launched the ball in long... Press them in, lock them in. Were you the target man? Yeah. Right. But look, I benefited from that because right. I scored quite a lot for, for Longford. Um, and that's why I'm saying uh, Alan Matthews is, you know, he's one of the best managers from that perspective, from my perspective. He managed me. I was coming to the end of my career. He rested me, knew when to play me. Um, like I said, his attention to detail and preparation for matches. You know, we played against um, a, a court club. Um, in the FA Rockmount Rockmount I think it was yeah. Rockmount and he brought us to the to the to the pitch to the, to look at the dressing rooms so we kn- there was no surprises when we actually went there because I think a lot of clubs fall down when they go to the non-league club and they go crying out loud this is a shithole <laughs> but we went there so we were all prepared before we got there kind of thing okay for the final the preparation was amazing yeah all week super superb Honestly, no, I can't, can't. Didn't turn up in tracksuits. Well, we like, did, didn't we? <laughs> did, did you? Yeah, yeah. Tracksuits, really? That was a big thing with Rovers. Yeah, I can't remember that actually. Before our tracksuits, that was a big was, thing. Were we suited? Scott. No, we were suited. Yeah, we were. Sorry, yeah, we Scott were suited. Scotty's gone yeah. mad about the 2002 one, the tracksuits. Dare you were wearing nice shiny suits. Sorry, yeah, we, you're right. We uh, apologies. We were wearing suits, um, and. Uh, Police escorts it was, as well. Yeah, you? police escorts. You know, we stayed in the hotel in the City West overnight. Probably, I think, was it two nights? We went to the cinema. It was just all just well, prep, well prepared. Yeah. Prep well, and he just yeah. had us just... We, we, we absolutely pissed on Pats that day. Mm. You know, it was, it was actually... 
Why are you laughing? You're, you're... <laughs> Just like when Pats get abused, it's great. <laughs> I'm not abusing him, but we hammered him. Um, but they, they, do you remember the lad had um, an issue? Was it... Um, the, in, uh, in Babsy Livingston? In Babsy, yeah. Had the hair condition. That's right, yeah, the, the week before. So he was I really think, good. I actually think that affected them. I think that possibly had an effect on them. Ah, definitely. I mean, the your talisman yeah. becomes it. And well, was that the week before the cup final? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I didn't know that. No, I remember. I remember. I think it was Pat Olin the manager of Pat's at the time. Um, because when I was with Pat, no, he was the was manager it, there. Was it not? I think he was going to Cork. It was. He been going to Cork, was he? It was. Um, Eamon 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 yeah. Cochran. No, that's the one. Eamon from X Charles. Oh yeah, I know he's a he's a I think he's a scout or he's a Eamon agent. He's an agent as well. Eamon Collins, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh Graham Garton, friend of the show. I asked him for uh He'd be listening so I listened to his show. I listened to him uh, on your show there a couple of weeks ago with Con. He's very good. Ah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a big fan of yours and uh kind of the first thing he went to was this cup final, that's what he wanted to talk about. And you you mentioned the police escort there. He said he remembered getting the police escort and looked over at you. He said he's never seen anyone so excited <laughs> by a police escort on the way to a game. Oh, it was great. Yeah, so he was in that team that day. Uh, he says, you're a great guy and an unbelievable dancer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, do you know what? I just remember that he stitched me up one night. Because I used to do breakdancing and body popping. <laughs> that was my kind of like uh, party piece. There was always someone in the someone, team who did tumbles or pop or we, something like that, and you were that guy. Yeah, yeah we were out in club. Don't forget, I'm 32, man. I'm, my, my body's creaking at this stage. We were in Club M. And, that was the um, hotspot, wasn't it? The hotspot one of the days, yeah. No so reception in the basement on your phone, that's why. <laughs> no, there's no phones out in them days. <laughs> God's all goes to me. Shorty, I've got a challenge for you here. So I tuned in. I went, what? Who, who wants me? Kind of thing, you know, let's have it. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, this girl starts doing these moves, like kicking a head, a, a leg above a head, doing the spits and everything. I said, Gartel, give me a fucking break. And I just walked off. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. But yeah, they used to get me breakdancing in the bloody, uh, in the clubs, spinning windmills and that. And he wants to know, what did you used to call Desi Baker? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> That was one of the funniest moments I've ever been in the dressing room. And I've had some funny moments. Say, so Desi was a cargo, was he? Desi was, uh, Desi was top class. And so was God. Do you know what? Most of the lads, genuinely, guys, most of the lads that you, you come across in the dressing rooms are sensational. It's very rare that you meet assholes. Any bad I, eggs, I, yeah? I, yeah, I mean, very, very few. Honestly, now, I really mean that. But, um, so we're in, the, oh, this was hilarious. We're playing UCD away. Desi is um, a new signing for Longford. So we're all so just before the manager's about to talk, there's always about a, a, a minute. Everyone just goes silent, as if in preparation for the manager to okay. talk. So you can see the manager sort of like getting getting his notes together, or he's getting prepared to talk. So everyone just sort of sits down, so gets quiet. So Alan hasn't quite started yet, right? But he's just about to pipe up. Next minute, you know, Desi walks in the door. And his fucking hair is, is, he looks like Gandalf, <laughs> Gandalf the Grey. He's, 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 he's GHD'd his hair to death. No, is it GHD? Yeah, yeah I remember. Straight all down like this. Wow, fuck. The whole dressing room, I said, oi, Gandalf! <laughs> Everyone just creased. Even Alan Matthews had to crease up. It was that funny. It was one of the best. Honestly, is that what he was talking about? I think he said Rod Stewart, actually. 
Oh, that's another. That's another another one. Go on. We're, we're, so when you call Rod Stewart, that was something along the lines of we were trading one day. Up in near the airport, coming out the showers, we're all getting dried. Desi comes out, his fucking hairs all over the place like this. I mean, <laughs> fucking, it's you. Can, you know what Desi's like? He fancied himself a little bit. And didn't I he? said, "Fucking hell, Desi. <laughs> Desi, you went. She went to bed with Desi Baker. Woke up with uh, Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it was the. It was just timing is everything, you know. And um, but the banter in dressing rooms. Can't beat it. Yeah. Last two seasons of your career, 2004 and 2005, were with Kildare County. Uh, young Jerry O'Brien. Yes. Uh, so how was Kildare? Oh, that was a bit of a culture shock, if I'll be honest with you. That's Newbridge's ground now, isn't it? Newbridge's ground. Mm. I kind of went there because, you know, I think I, I, I fractured my shoulder at Longford. I was getting really busy at work. Um, I had to make a call on it because... I think in order to compete at that stage, in order to to compete at that level in the Premiership, it was getting harder and harder. Fitness levels, the competition, Longford team was great. Um, and then I just thought, you know what, I have to take a step back. A little bit too soon, maybe looking back, but I went down to Kildare, and it was. It was <laughs> I mean, it was like going from like like I said about Alan's preparation and all that kind yeah, of stuff. He yeah. was he was professional in fairness. Who's the gaffer there? He really was um, a guy called Eric Hannigan. Eric Hannigan, I don't think he's still on football, is he? I don't think no, he does sound familiar. I, I, he, I don't think he's ever played League of Ireland. In fact, so anyway, I ended up signing, and um, it was just woeful. He really was. And did it turn you off football? Um, it kind of did, if I'll be honest with you. It kind of did. Um, although I, I do regret retiring at that age, mm. I, I, I still felt I, I could have played for another three or four years. Was there not more interest from other clubs? Like why why Kildare? Did you end up there? Because that's where I lived. Yeah, so you got, I, like the decision you I, made. I, I chose yeah. it specifically for that because right. I, I knew it was kind of like the last move, um, the last soirée, if you like, before I, 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 I hung up the boots. But I ended up playing for Newbridge Town there for a while as well, managing them for a while. Um, one of so our great. one of our pals at the show, Gary Shaw. I think he he's out that neck of the woods. Gary Shaw, yeah, yeah. yeah. I made him where he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask him. His dad's involved <laughs> as well. I think with Newbridge, is he or the horses or something like that? <laughs> Gary Shaw's a bloody great player. He uh, was very unfortunate with injuries. Geez, he got one of the worst injuries we've seen in a long time out in Bray. Remember where he totally oh, totally yeah. obliterated his shoulder or his Russian arm? Rain, I think it was the well, upper yeah. part of his arm. But he snapped was, in the rain. Wasn't that after only come back as well? After I think another so. One? Yeah, he had a bad run of it already. Yeah, he, had, he, had, he got some nasty injuries, but he had pace. He was tall. He was good. Uh, assistant manager at Walford until two thousand eight. So any involvement in football still? No, nah. you're done. You're dusted. I, I, I'm. Um, well, <clears throat> having said that, what I do is I coach a team on a Friday. Um, this team called Timahoe down in. It's actually in Port Leash. It's about right. half an hour from where I live. So the manager of that team is my physio. So what I said to him, you give me free physio, I'll coach your team. team. <laughs> and I'm getting a lot more out of it than he is, I can tell you that now, but you know, we won the league on Sunday, got promoted. What league is this? Carlo. In Carlo League. No, don't Carlo Division in. 2 or something, so the lads are, are absolutely buzzing over it. So it was great for us to win that, that league. I'm sure there was a few um, sherry's had as well, there was, there in the local drinking, alehouse. They were drinking to the long <laughs> early hours of the morning. Not me though, I had work the next morning. Uh, there was an article about you in the 2020 
2020 about your work in the coffee industry. Oh, you yeah. spent most of your working life in the coffee trade. So tell us about That's that. Right. We were trying to flaunt our wares for the four provinces, our local alehouse as well. So tell us yeah, a little thanks bit about for that. it. Um, yeah, so it started off, I, I, I've worked for all the, the, the major coffee players mm. in Ireland. So that's Bewley's, Job Republic, and now Finlater. They're all the three major commercial uh, coffee roasters. And I've been there a few times over, it spanned over 20 years in the, in the, in the business. So um, right now I'm based down in Tala, so I don't have any excuses to go to the matches on a Friday mm. evening. But I do, I make them, unfortunately. Um, so... Yeah, I've been to Colombia. I've, I've, it's brought me all around oh, the yeah? world. Yeah, yeah, I've had some great trips. Through, and football as well, as, to be fair, they've brought me uh, around the world. I've been really lucky in coffee, you know, been to all the major cities. It's Europe. an industry that has blown up, hasn't it? Yeah. It really has. All yeah. the independent traders that we were talking about before the show, yeah. the little coffee carts and all these guys who are just popping up everywhere. So it's, it's essentially like it's a big, big business, isn't it? Yeah, the pandemic uh, certainly helped uh, the coffee profile and improved people's... Um, taste what what they want from a coffee mm. you know it's changing and um, they're paying that a little bit more for their coffee what they're buying at home now so it's all good so you know people are, are, are buying great machines for their home use as well mm. and you'll be involved so in that, that trade does, as well no not really so I'm, I'm more sort of like hotels restaurants cafes oh, okay, okay. Uh, business and industry and that's where most of our business is but what's come out of the pandemic is because they're drinking better coffees at home they demand it in pubs and restaurants now that you're going yeah, into, yeah. so um, it's it's in, it's improved the market. And you see the tree football uh, and work the same way. This is a quote from you: As a player, I'd find myself unable to sleep after a match, thinking about a pass yeah. that could have been or a chance I'd missed in work. You could be at a meeting that could have gone better. Could I have sold it a little bit differently? Yeah. That's the way the mind works. You yeah. think about the negatives rather than the positives. So you would uh, you would you dwell on some decisions that you've made, like in life and football and I, work? I don't I don't look back and have regrets. I think I, I might look back every now and then and think, you know, maybe I could have done better then. But I always look back at my career uh, fondly um, and genuinely. Um, life's, I mean, look, life's, life's too short to be looking back. And you wouldn't change it at all? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Um, things could have been different, you know. Things could have been different, but they could have been different for so many different, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you could have turned left, you could have gone right. But things seem to have turned out all right for you, anyway. Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I think I've had a great career. Mm. Um, and, you know, I played at a really high level. It's not easy. It's not easy, you know. And um, it's easy for people to slaughter people on, uh, you know, on, on a TV screen or, or, or on the terrace. I'm one of those people as well. I'm a fan. And I do the same. Um, and it's easy to do that. Mm. But, man, when you're playing, when you're playing against these guys... It's so funny, you know, this, the levels, there's just such different levels. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. And do you, what, do you take in many games nowadays? No, no. not really, no. Um, Be interesting. Mainly, mainly it's because it, it's, it's time. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, I, I, I value my time. The weekends, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working quite long hours during the week. Mm. Um, I do plan on going to um, a Rovers match in the not-too-distant future. Um with a with a with a with a good friend of mine who lives in Kildare Town, so we're probably going to go there in the next few weeks. I don't think I'll get tickets to the Bowls match though. <laughs> or is that a way? We'll That's be able to look after you. Don't That's worry. Daily Mound, yeah. Uh, we've got a question in on Facebook on a related note to your work. John Tall asks, "What's your favourite coffee bean?" 
Oh, great question, Tola. <laughs> Tola um, wants to know the Facebook. Has he just put that up, has he? Or is it <laughs> um You know what? I think it's probably um it's it's it's, it's a, a coffee bean from Ethiopia called Yiga Chief. There we go. There we go. That's when we're gonna have to try out prof. You know. We actually had we actually had John on the show uh, a couple of years ago and we reminded him of a picture of you two oh. in a promo for our new 95-96 Tenant jersey. So Christ. it's you two jumping in the air, contesting the oh, ball. Oh, that's embarrassing. Wearing traditional Scottish kilts. Was it really traditional? Oh, that's embarrassing. Here we go. <laughs> that's going to be the... The, the face of the podcast is oh, no was way it, no way was it traditionally Scottish was it all that, Scottish that's underneath do you see what yeah exactly yeah. do you see my hand there <laughs> Tony Grant used to slag me about that he said Sean I don't know how you do it but you always close your fingers every photo shoot in fo- in, like, that you'll see like in a mid- chop you'll see me with a chopping fucking board hand yeah it looks and unnatural actually yeah looks embarrassing <laughs> no the hand I'm not scared yeah well everything looks embarrassing <laughs> where did you pull that one from there you go. Um, uh, going back to Gartz as well, I, I, I listened to him on um, the Rovers match last week because I, I, I do, I do. Don't get me wrong, I, I watched the odd match on League of Ireland TV, and I thought he, he, he was great on, on, on League of Ireland TV. We conned there the other week, but I thought the commentators on the match of the night were shite. Uh, on on the Shells one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Rovers. Yeah, yeah. Rovers yeah, Shells. Yeah. I don't know whether it was biased towards Shells. It always is. That's something I mean, we always talk about. The now, Khan and Gareth are never boys. They're, they're brilliant. They're really See, professional. But a lot of the other ones, like, have you ever listened to the Bowls one? No. It's, like, it's crazy boys. Like, I mean, it's not professional at all. Whereas, Khan and Gareth are brilliant. Professionals to the T. But these, most mm. of the other guys, they're kind of, there's digs there. There's not, there's not professional I standards, in my opinion. But the shells ones sound very flat. Yeah, I, 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 thought, it was, I thought it was quite poor. Mm. Commentary, um, but you know the guys are getting good profile nowadays, aren't they, as players? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's everything's going forward. Realistically, yeah. it is. It's. I think it's a lot better than it was. No offense, than when you were playing. I think yeah. the standard possibly has gone up. But that's what I was interested. If you watched, I was wondering if you thought the standard was quite different now than it was when you were playing. You know. Well, I think nowadays, um, I was actually. At, um, I, I, I talked about this first. I was actually at a. Uh, um, a business meeting the other day and uh, Paul O'Connell was talking the The big man rugby player you know and he was talking about the the the, the GPRS the Mm. GPS that they all wear and the data that they can collect from that and he you know he he was explaining how that helped his game improve like 10 or 11% and you know just the whole data thing and the fitness thing and, and, and all the information that they can get and use and, and they have at their disposal today um, that we just didn't have back then. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's a big um, difference, isn't it? It's a massive difference. Are they better players? I think, do you know what? I think that, I think to a certain degree they are better players uh, technically-wise, um, but I don't know how much better they are you know, naturally. I think there's less characters as well. Oh, absolutely! I think there really is. There's less characters. There's yeah. Yeah, like that dressing room that you spoke about alone. There's probably that amount of characters in the league alone than there is in your dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just not. It's just not the way it is anymore. Possibly, but maybe it doesn't shine through. Um, top of John Dorney again. He says, given that he played in the homeless years, what was the least worst home venue for you? So what was your, what what was the 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 one that wasn't the worst? Already asked Talker Richmond or Santry. Which one did you? 
prefer most of all those in the homeless years. Um, I enjoy Tolka. Yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, I suppose I've got to go RDS. Mm. I think so. I think so. And I, I know you guys had some good times there, but all my memories from there were probably not great. Yeah. Because I think we had a pretty shit season the season after, didn't we? In 95, yeah. Yeah, the season we, come, we went to America on tour. Um, but I found that pitch very heavy. Wasn't uh, a great pitch. It wasn't a football pitch, really, was it? Realistically. Fucking horses trotting around on it. <laughs> but uh, best and worst memory at Rovers? Top of your head. Best and, best and worst memory? It's a tough one well, on the spot. If I think the, the, the worst one was was the day when, when Pat Byrne took over and he said, Sean, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to kick you out of the digs that you're in because you don't have it in your contract. I said, cheers, Pat. What the, what digs was this? And was this just the house you were living in? Yeah, yeah. I was in a guest house and um, I didn't have it in, 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 in my contract. So we were just cutting costs? Yeah. And you got the bill? I got shafted. Best memories. Now, look, that's hot. I mean, that's I mean, it's vague, hard. Isn't it? But but that's a hot. You know, I'm being harsh on that memory. It's it's not like I lost sleep over it to be honest. Yeah. Although I maybe did at the time. Best memories. Um, Christ, I don't know. Maybe I mean, a I've top got, scoring I've, season. I've got, loads, I've got loads of good memories. Um, yeah, I gotta say the. Duh. Best memory. I'd like to say when we won the league in that year or they won the cup in that year. <laughs> we never won much, did we? Um, yeah, I think scoring scoring in that last season that that, that was a being top goal scorer is probably is, you know it's, it's something to be proud of. Definitely, I mean, so um, being top goal scorer for Rovers in a season. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's really not, I know it's not that many goals, but it's not bad for a really not a renowned goal scorer. Mm. Which which is you know. I am kind of. I mean, because I was pure goal scorer, scorer wasn't he? I, I, I wouldn't have been in his realms of that type of player. Yeah, he was just natural though, wasn't he? Which is not many yeah. of nowadays. Yeah. Not many natural goal scorers. So you, you've had a heads up for some of these questions. So you've oh, had yeah. time to stew on them. Uh, best player you ever played with and against? I was trying, man. This was this this was hard. You know, in fact, you only found me about. Four. You've got notes as well. Three, I like three, this. He's prepared. Three o'clock today. <laughs> I took some notes on the match la- la- last week in case you asked me any matches, <laughs> any questions you're, on the match. You're privileged. We normally spring this on people. They only have a second. Do you know what? Think. Like, for, in League of Ireland, I think the toughest players I played against were Declan Gagan and Robbie Best. Right. They tough were, players. Um, yeah. They were tough players. They were so strong, so quick, and they just read the game. It was really hard. I very, very rarely scored against them. Um... Chris Powell, um, I don't know if you know him. He, yeah, the guy he was yeah. he's a gaffer now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, for, for for Charlton, he was he, he was he was a good player. Um, I played <laughs> against him. I mean, he had me in his pocket. Best player I ever played against was Bart Williams. Chris Bart Williams. Chris Bart Williams. He's a Forest and legend, wasn't he? He played. Right? He was. Do you know who played for them as well? You must know Mark O'Neill. Mark O'Neill. He's still involved. Yeah. He's still around. He At played Robert's with the Orchard, I think. He played with uh, Chris Bart Williams for Leighton Orient. And I was playing for Birmingham City youth team at the time, and we popped them two one, scored two. <laughs> there you go, Chris Barrett Williams. That's um, a blast from the past, isn't it? I remember him in the Premier League stickers. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he didn't achieve that as much as he should have, did no, he? No, I don't think so. Um, what else have we got? We've got. So that's. Are you, are you finished there? Sorry, did you? Have yeah, one? yeah. I, did you? Did, what was the next question? Uh, the next one was your best friend in football and maddest teammate. 
Oh yeah, mate. I mean, the f- funniest was Mark Kenny boy. I mean, he's he's getting there by a stretch, isn't he? <laughs> by an absolute mile. The funniest lad ever. He seems to have that effect on a lot of people. He's very he's very close to my brother-in-law as well, and <clears throat> he just has that effect on people, doesn't he? He's just one of those guys. I hope he doesn't mind me telling you this story. But we were we were there one day. We were training down in in in, in the spa well. Pat Byrne was managing. Pat was in the middle of the square and Kenny was behind him whipping his knob around like this. <laughs> Pat no idea. Pat had no idea. And everyone's pissing themselves laughing. And would Pat but get it, involved in the training? Yeah, he would have done, yeah. Was he good? Yeah. yeah. Did he still have it when he when he was down? God, he, he, do you know what? He actually set me up two goals. You probably don't know this, but he played for Cove Ramblers Pat for on? a little while. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. He was assistant manager. He was player manager to give George Malrick a dig out one time and he played a couple of matches and he played against Cork City massive crowd St Stephen's Day set me up two goals there you go that's, that's what I never knew that's not on Wikipedia anyway <laughs> no. no it's not yeah so Kenny like that is just one I could I could give you stories about Mark Kenny all night probably get him in trouble though yeah get him in trouble <laughs> uh, get him in a lot of trouble but yeah. doing the windmills it's, 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 it's generally all, 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 always something to do with his flute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were uh, talking about uh, off air that you left Twitter yeah we were, we were reading out some of your tweets at the end of last season and we read this out before you you, re- you replied to Mark Kenny because he was featured for for Roberts and he said great teammate great player top three funniest people I know great ping great whip not a bad gargler, great flute, great <laughs> storyteller, and all-round top bloke. Well, that yeah. should be on his gravestone. That sums him up. <laughs> That's the epitaph. It's it's he's yeah he's and he's a gent as well, you know. Funniest fan interaction? Can you think? Of? Do you know what I was I was really trying hard to think about something about that, but crying out loud, I couldn't think about any any, yeah, any yeah. really funny. Probably fan, think of some fan, bad ones. Fan, 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 fan interactions. Yeah, there's any a few funny ones. ones like say giving you a stick or something like that. Nah, the fans never gave me a stick. The worst thing, you know, about the fans giving you a stick is because the crowds were so small, you you really you heard everything. <laughs> I think in fifteen thousand abusing you, you can kind of like deflect it, kind of, but not when there's twenty of them. Any mad shouts like you, you talked about Gary Shaw earlier? Someone called him a Christmas tree yeah, at a game. Look, a Christmas tree. Why? He said, "You look like a fucking Christmas tree." Someone <laughs> shouted at him. Well, oh man, I I I don't think so. I can't. I, do you know? I I I was stumped on that one. I couldn't think of anything. Mm. I, I genuinely couldn't about fan fan um, interactions. We move on anyway. We go to the interview coming out. It's coming out before the Bowls game, and you famously scored the only goal of the game, Daily Mail, November two thousand. Uh, yeah. Best derby memory. Would that be? Enjoy, would that be it? Best derby. Enjoy man. the derbies. You know what? The cup semi final was a really good one against Bowls. Is that, that that that's the matches we're talking about the bowls ones yeah, yeah. The semi final was really good. I mean, we, we we ran into the fans down the far end, into the crowd at the end. It, that was really special. Is were you around when Tony O'Dowd incited a riot? Was that, that was that that one? Do you remember he actually got questioned by the police about that for inciting yeah. a riot? Tony O'Dowd. Yeah, I'd say he's got done a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that 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 was a really good memory against Bowles. Um, I remember one memory, uh, one one game we played him. I think it was in the cup. You know, Pascal Valdequin pulled me down. Blatant penalty, fucking blatant, and we never got it. And they done us. I think they beat us 
uh, Glenn Crow got the winner that night. But we should, I think uh, we were playing brilliant. We should have. We I say, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think mm. if we got that goal, we probably would have went on to win. But what um, were the derbies like then? Were they tense, fierce? I think they were more fierce with the, in the fans. Yeah. You know, the fans made it really fierce. Um. Yeah, I mean, the the, the the atmosphere was always electric. There was always that element of, you know, the manager doesn't really have to say anything. You just go out there and you, you, you're pumped up. You have to react, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if you can't if you can't get yourself lifted for one of those games, you, you, you're in a bit of trouble, aren't you? I think somebody made a great point. I think it was Aaron Green said, don't play the occasion, play the game. So yeah. A lot of people get wrapped up in that, in the derby. But some, sometimes it might work for you playing the, playing the occasion. You can't beat cliches, can you? <laughs> but they're cliches for a reason because they're they're they're, they're probably true. Mm. Um, yeah, the the obviously the, the the worst one was the six four when we got beat up in Santry. That was horrendous. That was a bit of a shitty one. I know. I heard Roddy talking on your podcast about that actually. Um, I think that was a turning point for him actually. If I re- if I remember, yeah, he was going to get the boot. He was going to get the bullet. Sacked at half time, apparently. Yeah. yeah, I think he went on to win the win the league and covers Yeah, almost immediately after that, wasn't he? So, yeah, but yeah, they 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 could. But look, you've got shells, you've got pats. There's a lot of derbies. We actually went on a ten game unbeaten run against them around that time. I think thousands, thousand one. I and thought we were going to win the league that year. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, what about that goal that we mentioned the one where you scored the winner against in, Bowles in Daily Mount any memories of that goal you know it was a great finish <laughs> honestly better than the like, tap in so <laughs> better than the Terry Land cutting from the right <laughs> skipped past a couple of players played a little one-two with Cuzzo seen the keeper come and just dinked it over him oh a little dink nah lads it was a fucking tapping from four yards <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that, that was the, that, I think that's the way I would have liked it to have been like but, um, no, it was, I, I, I can vaguely remember the ball just coming across from the left, and I think it just kind of like fell to me, and I just had to like, just had to react quick and just and still had pop it in. Though. Yeah, no, all, all count, don't they? So by the time people hear this, the game at Daily Mount will be either tomorrow or the day after. Uh, thoughts and Robbers and Bows this season, and what do you expect them to two meet in Daily Mount? Well, look, I think it's got to be firecracker. Um, in Daily Mount, I, you know, the, the the game I watched there a few weeks back, it really was men against boys. You know? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I, I I thought you know Rovers were kind of like without even having to lift a gear, they kind of controlled the match. Bowls didn't really look like scoring much, um, if I remember correctly. Rovers maintained most of the most of the possession of the game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was usually sometimes it's just a single goal that kind of ends these games. Yeah, and they can be a little bit of a damn squib yeah. at times. That's the problem with uh, derbies, yeah. isn't it? That tends to happen quite a lot. I think, I think um, Daily Mount probably has an atmosphere more geared up towards a derby. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, the the fans, the Rovers fans behind the goal are always like maniacs up there, and. Um, as we've seen in the past. Be a little bit different now, there's no roof. That's the thing. They took the roof down, so normally... Hope I mean, it doesn't rain. Yes, that's the thing. Roofless um, roofless terraces are a big thing. Mine, I hate it. Absolutely. Yeah, hate yeah no, it, it, it is shitty, isn't it? Um, like I said, you're off Twitter now, but another thing we read out from yours on the show was after the trophy presentation against Drogheda. And uh, you wrote this, what a time to be a player for Shamrock Rovers. I hope all the players make these years the best of their lives. Yeah. It's a wonderful club. 
I was privileged to be there even through tough times. It's magnificent, magnificent to see the fans filling the ground with over 7,000 fans. So, do you yeah. like what you're seeing at the moment? Like, oh, sell out crowds and amazing. back-to-back titles. Oh, loving it. Loving it. Um, it's great to see. And I really meant that at the time. And I still do. You know, the guys, they've just got to keep riding that way for as long as possible. It's, it's, I know it's difficult to keep winning. Mm. Um, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on them, but they should win that league again this year. Yeah, they've got a bit of catching up to do, but I still think they will because they've got the, they've got too much in-depth quality. Um, but yeah, the guys need to to keep and and, buy, and buying all the best players off every other fucking club in the country. Just keep the conveyor belt coming out from that, Daily Mail. That, that's it. You know, there's only one. There's one conveyor belt in the country. It's heading to Tala. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it, that's great. But yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not jealous, but you know what? It would have been good to be there at good times. Because don't forget, we played on that pitch. I don't know if any of the guys mentioned that to you, but we actually trained on that pitch. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Where you'd be brought up and you'd do a bit of training and you think it's real now. It's the cover of Robert Goggins' book in 2001. Where, where it was being built. Picture of you guys, a squad father in front of the shell on no. the stand. I mean, that's... You know that that we dreamed of that. We just thought it was going to happen. It's going to happen. And then the 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 the, the teacher from the GAA, the school round the corner. Oban objections galore. Um, Pat Bourne spoke very uh, angrily of him. Yeah, he had kids with signs outside the school, yeah. down with rovers or something along the lines of that. You know, protesting just, just, for it. It's just wrong, isn't it? Stop scam man, like yeah. That. Um, but you know they got there in the end, which is good to see. Um, they've got a great setup now, haven't they? Ah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, really like good. I mean, look at the money that's gone into the Roadstone. We've got an indoor um, Astro Turf now. You've a nine side pitch, eleven side pitch, full on Astro gym, the whole lot. I mean, it's stuff that you could never imagine if you were going through the tough times that you've been involved in. Yeah, it's amazing. And and Robbo Shane Robinson's been there for years now, and I'm glad he's still there. Um, you know, because the pathway, I think they've got it right now, haven't they? You know. I think the word elite comes into it as well, and yeah. a lot of people seem to shit on the elite setup, but like it's it's everywhere, it's all over the world, it's in every big club all yeah. over the world. And if you don't want your son at an elite level, there's no problem. There is other levels, but it exists, yeah. and it's essential, I think, for player progression through through the ranks. I think it is. It is, and um, look, ultimately, to ultimately, it's a business, you know, and so they have it's to ruthless keep, way of saying yeah, it, but it is. It is, and they they have to keep making money. Producing ways to make money, which ultimately means making uh, good players. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely agree with you. It's not an easy career to have. This is a selfish question now, but uh, are yeah. you a fan of Rory Gaffney? Rory, who's Rory Gaffney? The redhead striker. The redhead striker. <laughs> um, you, yes, you know, I, I was watching him the other night, and I, at times I thought he was isolated a little bit too much. This okay. was this 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 was my view. Um, and I think he was having to come deep too much. I don't think he's. Um, I was actually. I actually wrote down, wrote down in my notes. I when uh, who put the ball in from the, the one of the chances in the first half. The ball came across, and he went past him. He was. Oh yeah. He should have been, like, he been in there. For me, he should have been in there. He should have been, yeah. been in the six-yard box. But he usually drops deep to kind of create overloads, doesn't he? He'd be dropping deep and then the guys to come coming in, in yeah. around them. Like, yeah, so he's a, sel- he's, a, he's a selfish player, but unselfish player for the team. But you know what? You got if 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 you want if you want as a striker, 
you have to score goals and you have to be in the in the six yard box because that's where they're, they're they're all scored. But yeah, absolutely, I like him. I mean, he's he's good plays, big, he's strong. Um, he's more like Shorey, really, isn't he, than me? But, you know, there's flamehead strikers can't beat him. <laughs> What else we got? We got we're we're just coming to an end now. Tony O'Dell's talking about dance offs, club M, Mark O'Neill, you and him, middle of the dance floor. Who won Anytime. that one? Who won Any- that one? Ah, oh, listen. You know what? I I'll, I'll let Mark have a little bit of joy, but he won't beat me. <laughs> I've I, I've got too much of a misspent youth in in, in Birmingham. And so this is the last one. Probably before the up. last question to Robbie Horgan, the only man to play oh, in Tala and Milltown. And if but, you, if by you, the way, sorry. Before you mention the question, right? You asked me who my best mates in soccer were. Yes. Oh, yeah. Robbie Horgan and John O'Rourke. There we go. Robbie was my roommate. He said that, yeah, for for many years, yeah. So if you don't have a satisfactory answer to this question, I will provide it for you. <laughs> How many kids has he got? No. <laughs> <laughs> that he loves me. Yes. Did you ever use gel in your hair? <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker! I knew, you know what? I, I knew that was. I knew. I knew that was. Question was going to come up from him. I can't wait to find out what the substance was that went into your hair. Oh, listen! That he got me good. He got me so good. We were on tour. We were on touring. Uh, we went. We were staying in Derry University. I think it was. We were on tour for pre-season or something. We had a friendly up there. I was rooming in the same in the same house as Robbie. I said, "Robbie, you got any hair gel?" Yeah, he said, "Yeah, just up on the on the on the fucking the, the just above the mirror or something in the bathroom." So I just took it down, putting the put putting the gel through my hair. <laughs> Next minute, I thought, "Oh bollocks!" It was shaving foam. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard Robbie, the bastard. He went down, got all the lads, Jason Carwell, Richie Purdy. I can't remember who he was, and they all come bombing up the stairs. I tried to lock the door so they couldn't see me, and they burst in. <laughs> Shaving ball all in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you done me a kipper. So yeah, that is yeah. it. Um, listen, you've been absolutely brilliant, and uh, thanks for coming yeah. in. Listen, we hope to see you in Tala soon. Yeah, looking soon forward to come down there and see you guys. Um, I promise I'll be down in the next few weeks. Um, don't worry, I'll buy my ticket. I won't, I, I, I won't scab a ticket off anyone, um, <laughs> but I might ask you to get me one. Uh, no problem. You get in touch with us. We look after. I, I, I'm sure I've got plenty of friends down there that can look after me. Um, but I, I do look forward to getting down there. That was brilliant. Fantastic, Fantastic to meet you. Thanks All so the very best, lads.